Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get going, I want to take a moment to tell you about some exciting news for high school sports fans across the country. SB Live Sports has launched a free iPhone and Android app featuring the latest high school sports news, scores, videos, polls, photos, podcasts, player rankings, and much more. With the SB Live Sports app, it is now even easier to follow your favorite team. With real-time scores and news alerts, as well as video highlights, podcasts, photo galleries, rankings, game coverage, and much more, the app delivers all the content you want in one convenient place. The SB Live Sports app features exclusive content from on-the-ground reporters across the country, and it's the number one source for Washington high school sports fans. With coverage from reporters Todd Mellis and Andy Bueller, me, Dan Dickow, SB Live's recruiting expert, this SB Live Sports app is available at no charge in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Download it today. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Dick out from the deep corner for three. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's on now. Downtown Dan connects. Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. I mean, I've seen Dan Dick out hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school trying to mimic all your moves. Welcome to today's episode of the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow, and SB Live Sports on the Believe Podcast Network. Chance to bring conversations with experts in the field of sports. Today's is a good friend of mine, someone I've known for a long time. He's a tremendous coach, first as an assistant at the Division I level at Lehigh, where he was maybe the best shooter before C.J. McCollum of the Portland Trailblazers came along. And then a longtime head coach at Division Three Power in Spokane, Whitworth. Now just finished up his second season at Point Loma, a really good Division Two school. Coach Matt Logie. Matt, thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dan. Great to see you. Absolutely. Obviously, everybody's been holding Zooms uh, over the last 14, 15 months. It, it's been, uh, been, been different. Um, what has been the biggest adjustment for you as a coach over the last 14, 15 months? You know, I think the biggest adjustment um, over this last year has just been uh, a change in perspective um, to, to, to have, you know, our, our world and in particular our nation go through, you know, what, what we have uh, both with the pandemic um, in addition to, you know, all of the uh, turmoil in our country, you know, politically, racially, um, you know, all those different entities at once. Um, I think it's really challenged uh, me and, and I know other coaches um, to, to just uh, step back and, and really, you know, uh, identify, you know, a change in perspective, a change in gratefulness for um, the opportunities that we've, you know, probably grown accustomed to and, and taken for granted over the years. And also, um, I think it's been empowering in a way to 
uh, be reminded of, of, you know, the way we can use sport um, and teamwork and, and teams um, to, to be a reminder for what, you know, what is good in our society and our communities and, and how to bring, bring each other together and, and, and not um, be, be as divisive. So I, I think perspective has been the biggest thing that's, um, that, that's had to adapt, you know, uh, over the last year. And, and I think a lot of our student athletes would, would, would probably say the same thing. That's a tremendously insightful answer. And I know uh, I've, I've heard similar comments from other coaches. When you look at your players and you have to guide them and, and lead them through this past season with all the different challenges that you mentioned, the challenges of preparing themselves for a season, how bought in were your guys? Well, I was really, I was really proud of, of, of our group. Um, you know, I think one of the things that was different about our level, um, being at the division two level is there was just a lot more ambiguity about even what type of season we would have. So for example, you know, most division one programs started the season, you know, uh, like they normally would in November. Um, uh, whereas for our program, you know, we were still in, uh, you know, modified, uh, phases of, of activity. Uh, based on the county and the state guidelines here in California. So we didn't even have a practice uh, where we could play defense, you know, on one another until January 1st. So it forced our hand to be more creative um, in, in how we get better, how we utilize the time. And I thought it was an opportunity um, to really reinforce something we talk about a lot, which is, you know, the importance of uh, staying true to the process of, of, a player development and, and um, you know, what it takes to be an elite performer, you know, in our sport, um, it, it has a lot less to do with, you know, what you're doing when the lights are on and a lot more to do with what you're doing when it's dark and no one's paying attention. And we had a lot more time, you know, uh, you know, like that. So I, I think if you have, you know, the right guys and the right mindset that um, can navigate that, you know, it, it, it presented um, some different challenges, of course, because you don't get that reward, you know, as, as soon as you're used to uh, with with games and with competition and uh, reinforcement, you know, that your work is paying off. I, I think it really challenged our athletes to really, um, you know, to, to really be disciplined and, and to be patient, you know, and, and to know that all the work that you're putting in um, will, will come out you know, in the light at some point in time. And for our group, you know, that, that, that equaled an NCAA tournament appearance, you know, in, in, in a season that we weren't even sure we'd get more than six or seven games. So um, I was really proud of how they handled it. Um, you know, again, it was a lesson in, in, um, in, in gratefulness and gratitude, you know, for, for the opportunities that we were given and, and all the different steps and, and um, things that had to hoops that had to be jumped through in order to make that, that season possible. You mentioned player development and, and that's a buzzword now throughout basketball. You've got trainers, you've got coaches, you've got programs that build player development programs for you as a head coach. Uh, when you talk about player development, what are the foundational pieces that you want to see your players working on individually? And then what are the foundational pieces as a team when you start putting the individuals together? Well, you know, I, I'm just a big believer that at the end of the day, you know, basketball is is uh, 
a game based on skill uh, and it's a game based on shooting. You know, you, you can have all the different systems and approaches and there's a million ways to win, but at the end of the day, you've got to make shots. And so that's, that's our priority in player development is, is uh, you know, finding, finding ways to get the most efficient uh, work done um, in the ways that have the most translatable um, value. So, you know, we want, we want our guys to be getting game shots. We, we want to focus on footwork and shot prep. Um, and we want to do it in a way that is going to be translatable to when we are in a team environment and we're, you know, playing five on five. So those are the, those are the things that, that I think about when we put a, a workout together or, or an off season program together uh, is, you know, are, are these the type of shots that they're going to be getting in the game? Because if they're not, it, it's wasted muscle memory. Um, and it, it's, it's not as valuable. So, you know, obviously you've got um, ball handling and, and strength and conditioning and all those other areas of the game that you want to develop. But I really think, you know, it, as the 80, 20 rule goes, you know, 80% of player development is, is, is making shots that you're going to get in games. And then the other 20% is, you know, ball handling, passing and physical attributes. So those are the things that we focus on. Um, obviously there's little, little tweaks to that based on, uh, you know, position and, and where you're going to be most effective on the court. But, you know, we try to train all of our guys as basketball players first. Um, we, we want our guards to be able to score in the post and at the end of drives, we want our big guys to be able to shoot and dribble and pass. Um, so again, you know, our, our post players are going to do 80% of what our guards are doing and 20% different. Um, and our guards are going to do 80% of what every basketball player does and 20% of, you know, what a post player does. Um, so that's kind of the rule of thumb that we've, we've tried to live by. Have you ever had a pair of sunglasses that you've lost and become frustrated you lost them that were scratched or just quite frankly didn't fit very well? Well, look no more. Canon sunglasses are the best. I repeat, the best. You will not be disappointed in Canon sunglasses. They are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made to be clearer, lighter, and stronger. They're also Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. So you add the lenses and the frames to create a powerful sunglass combo. Use the exclusive code CANONCAST15 at canon.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5. Canon, clearly better. You've had experience at, as I mentioned in the intro, a number of different levels. Uh, assistant at the Division One level, head coach uh, with a tremendous amount of success, the D3, and now at the D2 level. I don't think enough people understand just how good Division Two basketball is. I've had the chance to call the title game um, for, for national radio at the Division Two level a number of times. 
Um, Northwest Missouri State is a team that comes to mind. I believe they've won three out of the last four or five national titles. Um, and if you had a chance to watch them on CBS this year, they were impressive in that title game. What would what, What's your first misperception maybe that you'd like to kind of, uh, you know, correct people on because it is a high level of basketball. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the gray areas across college basketball uh, infiltrate, you know, er, every parameter and every edge of, of the sport. So, um, you know, your, your best division three teams that I coached at Whitworth uh, would, 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 would compete very favorably with, you know, many division two teams. Um, and even some some lower lower end Division One teams, you know, if, if you were to take uh, the best Division Two teams in the country, like a Northwest Missouri State, um, you know, and I've said this privately, uh, but I'm not afraid to say it publicly. I think that's a team based on what I saw that would be in the middle of the pack in the in the WCC or the Big West, even um, you know, towards the the upper top three, top four teams in the big West and big sky. So there's just a lot more gray area than people realize. Um, you know, and, and I think there's more division one players out there than there's division one scholarships. So you can be a really good division one player um, and play division division two and or division three basketball um, based on, you know, how your development path came, came about. Maybe you were under the radar um, but you know, there's what 1200, a thousand to 1200 division one scholarships every year. And there's easily, easily 2000 division one players. Um, so it's just a matter of perspective and then figuring out, you know, uh, what you, what you desire for your experience, because, you know, I've been fortunate the places I've coached at Whitworth and at Point Loma as a head coach, um, you know, we, we can legitimately say that we're striving to compete, uh, to, to make it to a final four an elite eight, um, play, play, you know, we've played in a national championship game here at Point Loma as an institution. And so, you know, that's, uh, that's unique. You know, there's only so many programs that can really say that at the division one level, you're probably talking about 25 to 40 teams max. And, and really it's probably only 15 that have a legitimate chance to say we can win a national championship, you know, this year. Um, and so if you're, if you're looking at programs like that, um, you're going to have a lot of players that are uh, of the quality of, of, you know, a level or two above. And, and you could say the same thing for Gonzaga, you know, for Gonzaga, you know, as they've turned the corner and they're now competing for national championships, well, they have a lot of NBA players on their team while they're doing that, you know, they're just at Gonzaga for that year or two or three. Um, and so it, it's just the process of relativity and understanding that, uh, you know, sometimes you choose to be in a situation and sometimes the situation um, dictates that, you know, you're just uh, at a, at a lower level by definition, you know, and, and one of the things that we've said, you know, about our program here at Point Loma is the way that we operate, the way that we coach, um, the way that we develop, players, uh, even, you know, the, the way that we want to schedule, like we're a division one program, you know, it's just stuck in a division two body. And so that's, that's often, um, often the case when you're looking at programs that are in those gray areas. 
now with the kind of uncertainty last spring, summer, and fall of when your season was going to get going, uh, you had to take more of a hands-off approach with your team maybe than you would have liked. But that also gave coaches like yourself a chance to to maybe reflect on their program, maybe their philosophy, things they wanted to tinker with. Is there anything that you kind of dove into philosophy-wise that that you either added this year or maybe you plan on adding in the future? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I think it, it depends, um, you know, annually kind of where your program's at, what your roster makeup is like. You know, uh, for us, uh, our COVID year was my second year here. And so we had just uh, laid the foundation for, you know, many things in our program in terms of how we want to play, how we want to practice, you know, how we work out. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't want to necessarily go through that exercise again and, and now change too much um, when we have a group of guys that had kind of just learned our terminology and learned um, the, the, the building blocks of our program. Now, I tinker, and this is just my style, um, you know, I tinker with our offensive identity each and every year based on our team's personnel strengths. And so that can change annually. Um, I'll probably uh, tinker with that part of our identity more this offseason than I did last offseason. Um, the way that I try to use the 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 the, the newfound time uh, with COVID uh, was one personally, uh, you know, just using it as an opportunity to uh, re-energize and refuel, uh, spend some family time that you don't normally get. Um, not to say it was by any means a sabbatical because there was a lot going on and it was stressful but it was a different type of stress and it was one that allowed you to be at home because of, uh, you know, the inability to get together in groups. Um, and so for me, it was, it was uh, very energizing in that sense. Um, and then I think the second area that we tried to be mindful of and, and, and really um, we had the time to, and the need was just in, in student athlete um, wellness, you know, and, and, and welfare. Um, you know, you've got kids that are now, isolated on campuses. They're not having the freshman year experience that they anticipated. You've got seniors that now don't know, you know, what their future looks like and when that future is going to start, you know, for the, for life after basketball. Um, so there was just, uh, I, I think more of an opportunity to really, you know, make sure that they were navigating those scenarios, um, in a healthy way. Now, uh, you, you grew up in the Seattle area. You played for your grandfather, a legendary high school coach uh, at Mercer Island. And you and I have talked about this many times before, but how proud are you of that coaching tree that he essentially started? Quinn Snyder, head coach of the Utah Jazz, Travis DeCure, uh, to name another one, uh, who's a head coach at Division I Montana in the Big Sky. How proud of you are, are you to be a part of that program uh, tradition that your grandfather really kind of got going? Um, I mean, I think for me personally, it's something that, uh, that, that, that drives me to be successful because I, um, I, I personally and, and, and quite literally am, am a byproduct of that, of, of that family, of, of that uh, framework, you know, of, of former players coming back to Mercer Island and, and uh, coaching me growing up Um those same coaches in many ways, uh, you know, moving on from Mercer Island and, and, and dipping their foot 
into to college coaching. Uh, guys like Scott Diedrichson, who spent a year at Gonzaga and was on staff at New Mexico and Colorado State and Oregon State. Uh, Grant Farmer um, was another one who, who, you know, went on from Mercer Island to, uh, to coach at New Mexico. And, um, you know, Gary Patterson, who was my JV coach and left the JV position at Mercer Island to be an assistant at San Jose State. So, you know, all those guys provided a roadmap for me as a young player that I think knew in my heart that I wanted to coach down the road of kind of what that looked like. Um, and so I try to honor that, you know, and I, I want, uh, you know, I want to pay, pay that forward. That's kind of why I got into coaching. I felt like I benefited a lot from the coaches in my life. And, um, you know, this was my, my ministry and my opportunity to pay that forward. And so, you know, I, I, I'm very proud of that. Um, you know, Travis DeCure was, was another one of those guys that, that was, um, you know, in the gym with me in middle school and, and, and my teammates and um, a part of our, our program, you know, our freshman, sophomore year that, that went on to win state championships. And, and we stayed connected um, in the college coaching fraternity and, and, and in this as a as a profession. Um, he's somebody that uh, I, I very much value in terms of, of that relationship because uh, we, we both, you know, we both started from the same place and from the same same tree and have the same roots. Um, so it's, it's, uh, something that I'm proud to be a part of, um, and, and certainly I've benefited from, and, um, you know, I, I think for, for our programs, um, that, that, that I've been leading at Whitworth and Point Loma, um, one of the best, you know, compliments you could, you could give me is, is just that, um, you know, you, you guys, you guys remind us a lot of, of Mercer Island, you know, and that's, um, that's, that's, that's a great compliment in my world. Awesome. Well, I know uh, your grandfather is proud of everything that you're doing as well as the other coaches are doing uh, at the many different levels. So Matt, thank you for joining. Uh, wish you guys nothing but the best of luck in preparing for next season. And let's hope that uh, it's as normal of season across the board in college basketball as there can be. So thanks again for joining. My pleasure. We're excited for that too. I know our guys have been excited to, uh, you know, be, be creeping back towards that. So I, I know there's a lot of fans, a lot of families, a lot of parents that, uh, you know, missed out on, on those game day uh, environments, those game day experiences, the road trips, the, the relationship development um, that takes place during that. Um, we're definitely excited to, to navigate that again here soon. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.